Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast number 33. This is Amy, the Senior Group Fitness Instructor at the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Are you looking for a spark of inspiration to bring to your next class? Find us at IndoorCycleInstructor.com. Hey, welcome back to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. In this episode, Suzette O'Byrne from Kaiser Corporation joins me again, and we do kind of a follow-up on their correspondence certification course that they began offering here at the beginning of the year. We're also going to discuss Kaiser's new M5 elliptical trainer and how it can be incorporated into some of your indoor cycling classes. And at the end, Suzette has a quick tip on just developing some more connectivity with especially the new members of your class. Suzette O'Byrne, welcome back to the Indoor Cycle Instructor Podcast. Thanks, John. Thanks for having me back. You're actually sponsoring this podcast. Yes, yes. We're very excited about the podcast, and your program is is wonderful. So we've been very excited about it. And I hear that your cat has joined us as well. (laughs) Tell tell everybody, what's your cat's name? His name is Alex, and he's quite far away from us right now, but he is loud. So he just wanted to make sure that he was included in this, this podcast as well. Back on Podcast 19, we talked about an correspondence course that you were just preparing to launch. I would just love to kind of get an update on what's going on with that. Well, it has been launched and it is available now. So um, for those people that, you know, are either not able to go to a training to get their training in indoor cycling, or there's just nothing nearby, they now have that ability to get that training brought right to their home. And, And the great thing about correspondence courses is you can do them at any time you can do them when it's convenient for you so you know after work or after you've put everybody to bed and uh, you can do it bit by bit and uh, get that certification also some people find that correspondence courses work better for them because they get more detail because everything is written out for them and there's a workbook to go with it they really understand the information in a different level than going to a course. Sometimes things move so quickly that they don't get everything the way they want to receive it. Your uh, administrators had sent me all the materials and they seem to be quite substantial. I, I paged through everything. I haven't had a chance to go out in, in detail, but it seems like you're walking through each step right from the very beginning as far as an understanding of your bike and how it operates and how it's unique to uh, spending a lot of time on bike setup, which I'm a stickler on. Mm -hmm. Give me an understanding. Who would you see as the perfect person to to go through this correspondence course? Well, anybody who's interested in teaching indoor cycling would really benefit from this course. That's who it's designed for, first of all, is anybody who's starting out or who's interested in starting out. But also people who want to ensure that they're staying current. A lot of things change, have changed over the years. And so people have been trained way back in 96 or even before then in 94, people started teaching indoor, indoor cycling classes and things have changed a lot. And so it may be just a refresher and bringing yourself back up to speed as far as what is 
recommended in the industry or maybe now you're you're teaching on the M3 and so having some more information about the Kaiser product to be able to teach it the most effectively and uh, safely. So those are the main areas of people that may be interested in that course. When we talked before, you know, your real intent was to try to help not penalize someone who's distant from a potential training conference. Mm -hmm. And so typically you're going to find someone who's maybe a participant at a club that's thinking, you know, I want to get involved in this. Would that be a good candidate, so to speak, to go for this? Yeah, if they're if they're interested in and sometimes you know when I first started taking courses, I didn't take them to be an instructor. I took them as a participant, and then for some reason, somebody found out I was teaching or had taken the courses and enticed me into teaching. And here I am, twenty years later. The uh, so people start off as a participant frequently, or and they just want to find out more about it. They're really interested, and they just want to get more information. To make them a better participant and then they may be interested in, in teaching themselves thinking I can do this or my regular instructor is going to be away for a while and they want to step in and help out while they're away or not feeling well those types of things so there's lots of reasons why people get involved and uh, the industry is always looking for more and more instructors so there's always opportunities there for different people to do something like this uh, either part-time or or eventually moving to full-time. Let me explore something with you. When I was on vacation here a week ago with my wife, everybody tends to get real relaxed, and then you start talking about things that maybe you don't normally get into. And one of the things we started talking about is, you know, why we became instructors in the first place. Mm -hmm. And so, but you're telling me that you actually wanted not to be an instructor, but just to have a better understanding of what it is that you're doing? Yes, I did. I'm, but I've always been a researcher. I just love learning. So I just took things for more information and just to help my experience and understand what was going on. And I just loved, at that time, it was just, you know, high-low fitness classes. I just loved what, what I was doing. And so I just took it just, just to learn more. And then, uh, yeah, they were stuck for somebody and I had a good loud voice before the days of the mic and up I went. <laughs> so. And so you were actually recruited into teaching though. It wasn't something oh, that, yeah. okay, that's interesting because, you know, the discussion my, Amy and I had was, you know, what are the different things and is it fulfillment or are you somebody who likes to get in front of a group or that type of thing? But you're telling me you was more from an educational standpoint. That's why I originally took everything, yes, and, but uh, I really enjoy it. I love, you know, when, when one person teaches, two people learn. I find that I learn just as much as the participants, and I get so much back from the participants. So it's kind of like I've caught, I caught the bug a long time ago, and I haven't turned back since. And even when, when I used to be a fitness director, I, you know, used to go to participants and try and entice them as well in that same way I was enticed and uh, there's certain people that do want to just take courses just for their own interest but there's also that whole group of people that eventually then do become some of the most fabulous instructors that are out there. Suzette Kaiser has something pretty exciting that they've been announcing and uh, what you're calling the M5 Strider and it is because people can't see it as they listen. It's an elliptical trainer, but it's all based on your M3 bike. 
kind of give me a, an understanding of what that's all about? The M5 is basically a simplified elliptical trainer. And it's taken the, the technology and the a lot of the components out of the M3 into it. It's designed the same way. So it has a very small footprint. It's a very simple machine in that there's not all bells and whistles and buttons all over the place. It's just a, a nice basic machine that as a result is very cost effective, able to be increase the amount of uses that it's for because of the of the footprint and the cost, we can do things like in incorporating it into indoor cycling classes as a fusion class or as a class all on its own. Now I look at it and I'm a guy, but I look at it and it looks like a tool just by its design, which really appeals to me. Mm -hmm. it, it does you're right, it doesn't have the big bulbous make it look pretty. It looks very functional. Once you've seen an M3, you'll look at this and recognize, well, that's the bottom half of an M3. So this is incorporating both your very unique method of implying load, and at the same time, you're giving us an indication of power wattage, just like the M3, correct? Yes, the same computer information and also the um, magnetic resistance system is all incorporated into the M5. As I look at it, it, you're right, it has a footprint that doesn't look any uh, larger than a typical indoor cycling bike. Right, and that's why a lot of people have been using it in, in classes. Very popular in Europe. It's huge in Europe and has been for many years, um, especially in Spain, Germany, and uh, England. But uh, now it's starting to be very well received here in North America as well. And some facilities, because it is so inexpensive, they can take, they can get 15 of these into a space where they had maybe five normal ellipticals. So it's much cheaper and, um, but also takes up less space. So, you know, during these kind of challenging economic times, facilities are looking at either putting it onto the, to the floor as a piece of a cardio equipment and getting more people to be able to use something and then incorporating it into classes as well because they're so e easily moved and they don't require any plug-ins or anything like that. Well, now you, you spoke about fusion classes. Mm -hmm. Tell me what you guys are thinking about or planning as far as that. Well, first describe what you mean by a fusion class. Some people don't, I, I've never met anyone like that, and I can't imagine who they could be, but <laughs> some people don't like to ride a bike, and uh, they find the seats uncomfortable, or it just doesn't work for their body, and so this is just an alternative for people who are working on the indoor cycling bike, so you can have a strider and a cyclist right beside each other, and they can be doing the same drills, which is so neat, because we're focusing on resistance and gear, and we're focusing on RPM and speed. So you can incorporate then similar drills, well, the same drill for different modes of movement. When somebody is on the strider, they can do the exact same drill, you know, maybe it's a speed drill, or you're cueing somebody to stand on the bike, you cue them, the striders would then move to the moving handlebars. So that's when their cue is to use more arm movement um, and it changes 
their intensity that way. Okay, so now this incorporates the same gear position resistance system that you have on the M3. So, so you uh, do you cue that then in a class, you know, to a specific gear, or are you still kind of just getting people to focus on power? Same thing as as in cycling classes, you would get people to go by their own resistance that what feels right for them. So focusing on power or maybe getting them to feel like they're walking on a slight incline and now I'm going to ask you to add on two more. So say on the bike you would say I want you to feel like you're moving into a hill. Now I want you to add two more gear. So it's exactly the same as as an indoor cycling experience. They complement each other quite well that way. What's nice is Given the speed is, is slightly slower on a strider, the recommended range is 60 to 100 versus 60 to 110 on the bike. It's just hard to get that speed up on the elliptical. It's, it's a challenging exercise. And for cross-training purposes, it's, it's a nice alternative to try and work the muscles slightly different, although you're still getting that cyclical movement of the legs. So it's a very smooth, non-jarring, non-impact movement. So are you going to have an actual certification as an instructor to teach an M5 class? We do, actually. It's all ready to go, and uh, we've already started doing certifications. We have a manual that goes with it and a training system that goes with it and ensure that those instructors are also very comfortable with teaching it not only as a fusion class but also on its own yeah it's a highly recommended course excellent talk me through a class then what do you do a little different the setup's pretty basic you know all you're changing is the handlebar height so you need to ensure that that's all done before everybody starts and that they're comfortable on the strider making sure that they understand their posture a little bit more in the strider. So the warm-up in a strider would be very much focused in on posture and positioning because you use your core a lot more on the strider for balance. And especially if you take your hands off and are are striding without your hands on the handlebars, you need a significant more core stability in order to make sure you're feeling comfortable on that. So that would be some components in the warm-up that may be a little bit different than indoor cycling, but those are important components to incorporate into an indoor cycling class too. So they're not unnecessary cues that can be incorporated into a fusion class. And then you would move through drills the same way you would in an indoor cycling class. So you may be doing a pyramid drill where you're increasing the gear, for example, or the speed during the work phase of the interval and then bringing it down. Maybe you're doing a speed drill where you're trying to slowly increase the speed over a period of time, staying in control and staying stable on the strider. So the class would be made up of similar drills that you would have in cycling. And a lot of the drills you would see are are drills that people are already familiar with. We do have some different ones, some hiking ones, and some ones that focus in on the arm movement a little bit uh, more, but essentially the drills would be very similar to a indoor cycling class. And then the cool down would be, again, very similar to indoor cycling, slowing down the intensity, bringing it down comfortably, and then the stretching is done off of the strider. Do you have a video 
that shows its use? We don't. We have had some video done and some pictures done of uh, at trade shows where we've had big classes where you have the big fusion classes and we'll be having, getting more and more of those this year and we'll be putting those up on our website. Um, but uh, I, there's not a video out yet. Still so much to do. It never ends. Yeah. It never ends. There again, just to have something to show somebody. One thing that wasn't obvious to me is that there's actually, as you described, a, a handlebar adjustment up and down. And so there's kind of a rest position for your hands. Mm -hmm. And then there's the, when they're engaged with the actual levers. Is there ever a time when somebody's just going to be standing there with their hands not balancing themselves? Definitely. That's, that's one, of the, one of the postures and one of the drills is an upright, we call it upright posture, hands free. When you're getting used to it, you can you just maybe leave two fingers on the the stationary handlebars just to get your balance in but definitely it's like a jogging position so you can you know lean slightly forward into it as if you're jogging or you can stay up nice and erect as well but there is a a continual focus on posture yes and for stability right? which that all ties right into your whole yoga <laughs> Thing, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. And you know, when I first got on the Strider, I thought my balance would be a little, and my core stability would help me a little bit more than it did. But it didn't. There was a little bit of a learning curve that had to um, be incorporated, and in just working in that different way with that movement. And uh, I really did feel uh, that posture, how we have to pull it all together, and the focus on it when when I'm on this um, but it didn't take that long before I felt more and more comfortable with it and every time I get on it I can feel my balance and my my posture my comfort with all of the different positions in, in increasing each time so it is appropriate even for beginners that working on that core stability in this position is a fabulous way of developing it up well, and you may know the answer to this. Just from the perspective of balance and stability, is your body actually strengthening when you're feeling more and more comfortable? Yes, you're, well, you're improving the neuromuscular contraction process that's happening. So the muscles are turning on and off more efficiently, and you're engaging them more effectively. But uh, there's definitely strength development into this, into, over time in this position. So balance, I mean, just as a basic thing, is, is strength. Well, balance is a, is a performance component of fitness, so that will improve over time as well. So all the components, the performance components of fitness, so things like balance, coordination, speed, agility, those will all improve over time with, with any training that you're doing. And then those health-related components of fitness, for example, strength and endurance and uh, flexibility, cardiovascular endurance, those will all improve as well. At any, that's why cross-training is so important is because our muscles get used to working in one way. And if we don't incorporate different modes of training, then they don't get that type of training as well, that training effect. So it does create a more balanced approach. And uh, for cyclists especially, that rounded over posture can be very easy to sink into. And over time, it can really create a, a real posture issue if it isn't addressed. 
And I know as a cyclist, and yes, there's triathletes, multi-sport people, but cyclists in general tend to be kind of singular in their pursuit. I think having an option for some cross-training that would be appealing would be, uh, especially in a class setting, would be appealing. Yeah, and especially since these two are very similar. They've got that same cyclical motion of the legs. Um, so they complement each other as well as as uh, give some variety to the p- positions and the postures. Suzette, where can someone take some M5 training? Well, the first places that we're offering it at is the IDEA conference in Rosebud, Illinois in April, the Fitness Fusion Conference. And so that's the first place that we're going to be offering some workshops in it. And then all of the IDEA conferences this year are having some of our workshops at them and our certifications. Also up in Canada at CanFit Pro, we're also looking at that that conference as well. So we're starting to add more and more conferences to our list. You can see those workshops and courses being listed on our website now, and um, we're getting more and more all the time. And I'll post some links to that. We'll get together and make sure we have that information. Now, are you going to be the trainer for those classes? I'm one of them, yes. I'm pretty excited about it, and I've got to make sure that my balance is feeling really good by then. So I'm keeping on working on the strider to, yeah, to, and we're looking at developing more and more workshops, more different types of workshops, as well as different movements and what can we do with this new piece of equipment. And that's really the stage that we're at right now. It's, wow, we can do this, and oh, we can do this, and and that's the exciting part. We just had a a trainer meeting in January where we had all of our trainers come together and work with the M5 and the M3 program and um, it was very exciting because you know you bring all these minds together and you get a a lot of well we could do this and we could do that and we could do this so um, it's it's a very exciting time for us. Well good I'm uh, I'm hoping to get to one of those conferences so I could participate in one of those classes I think that would be a lot of fun and I'm sure your salespeople, though, have no shortage of challenges trying to get these clubs to invest a lot of money currently, but I'm hoping things are going to change in the future. Well, you know, what's interesting with our product is because it is a more achievable price for people who may not have quite as much of a budget as they used to have, this is this is an option. And we've been finding that this has become a, a real option for, for clubs so that they can still continue to add new pieces of equipment, but in an economical way. So um, it is actually something that we've found has not been, has been more received during these challenging times um, than we expected and because of those those opportunities for them. Perfect. Suzette O'Byrne, I want to thank you for being on the podcast for a second time, and it was my pleasure to have you. Thank you, John. I just wanted to add one comment at the end of this, and that is, after having a chance to uh, think through the interview I did with Suzette, it occurred to me that their home correspondence course, in conjunction with a mentoring program, Uh, especially the type that we discussed back on podcast number 27 with Bob Reback, would be a great combination to get someone their initial certification and then put them on the growth track uh, to becoming a better and better instructor as they go along. Now stay tuned for Suzette's quick tip.
My name is Suzette O'Byrne and I'm a Kaiser Master Trainer and my quick fit tip for indoor cycling instructors is at the end of the class is rather than go put your mic away and turn your music off is go straight to the door and thank people for coming to your class so that those people that kind of sneak out at the end of the class, those new participants, you can make sure that they had that that closure, that that understanding that you want them to come back and it really makes a big difference for whether or not those people leave with those questions or whether or not they feel really included. The people that do tend to come to us at the end of the class are the people that have been coming for a while. So don't let those beginners sneak away. Make sure that you get that final closure so that they come back and it really makes a big difference in their day and in their experience in your class.